0: listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J.M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Proof Text. I am Michael Halcom. And in this episode, we're thinking about the fallacy of the week. We got another interesting one for you here. If you're watching, I'm going to share on the screen. If you're just listening, that's fine too. But here we go. I'll read the, uh, for those of you just listening, I'll go ahead and read the the fallacy that I'm sharing here on the screen out so that you're in the know too. Uh, this came from uh, either Twitter or Instagram, but this person named Ash Thomas, uh, in their profile picture, it looks like they're maybe preaching. Um from a pulpit or on a stage or something like that. Uh, nevertheless, they say, this is how the. I'll read the tweet in full and then I'll go back through it, right? I have to believe that the same Jesus who radically included lepers, a religiously excluded group, and broke the law by healing the downtrodden on the Sabbath, would also radically include those excluded by the religious leaders of today. Jesus changes everything. All right, this is uh, a, an interesting post here. Uh, there's a lot that's going on. So let's just, there's, there's a handful of fallacies in other words. So let's just walk through this. He begins by saying, I have to believe. Now this fallacy is what you call a stack in the deck fallacy. And when you're stacking the deck, uh, what you're doing is you're creating a one-sided argument. It's like card stacking, right? If you're playing cards and you stack the deck, you've ordered them in such a way that you can't lose. So a stacking the deck argument is framing things in such a way that it's a one-sided argument. There is no room for debate, so you can't lose. And so when he starts by saying, I have to believe, well, there's no other alternative You have to believe that. I have to believe, so do you. Everybody has to believe. Like, I have to believe this is stacking the deck. So we got a fallacy right out of the gate, a stacking the deck fallacy. And whenever you hear somebody say this, oh, I just have to believe that, well, the red flag should go up and you should be aware that they're stacking the deck. If they're leaving you no other option, they're stacking the deck. And it usually comes right at the beginning um, where they're going to frame the argument that way and that's exactly what happens here i have to believe he says there's no other alternative to believe i have to believe that the same jesus who radically included lepers okay so did jesus radically include lepers of course he radically included lepers um and would he still do that today yes he would still do that today um He says the same Jesus who radically included lepers. And you'll notice that when he uses that phrase, the same, what he's about to do is make a comparison between the present and the past, right? So we could um, maybe see this as paving the way for something of anachronism where we're forcing our own modern understanding of Jesus uh, onto um, back onto an ancient understanding of Jesus. Right, so there may be some anachronism fallacy going on here. Um, but let's let's go back through it and, and see if in fact, we have that going on. So I'm going to show you um, something I before we do that that I showed a couple weeks ago to bring back to your attention. This is Jeffrey Miller's. thesis or dissertation titled Jesus Among Luke's Marginalized. And uh, what I want to remind you of is that in this, Miller distinguishes between two types of marginalized peoples in Jesus's day and that we see in the Gospels. Those who were marginalized because of their sin and those who were marginalized uh, for no fault of their own, like leprosy. Okay, so remember, there's there's a, um, a marginalization that occurs because of someone's sin and a marginalization that occurs because of uh, no one's fault of their own. And as I, I said before in a previous podcast, what often happens is uh, those end up getting conflated. And so in Jesus Among Luke's Marginalized, Miller really goes to great lengths to spell this out. And so if we return back to, um, if we return back to the initial uh, uh, post, <laughs> sorry, uh, if we turn back to the initial post that we were dealing with, the, the uh, social media post, the person is saying, Right, I have to believe that the same Jesus who radically included lepers and broke the law by healing the downtrodden, so he's grouping lepers and downtrodden uh, on the Sabbath, would, uh, would also radically include those excluded by religious leaders of today. And he doesn't necessarily spell out exactly uh, who he's speaking of here, but he is doing this sort of anachronism thing. And really, he's also doing a conflation. Type thing where he he's not uh, where, where he's conflating uh, the two different groups in Luke's gospel, right? Um, so you have the the group that's been marginalized because of their sin, and then you have the group that's been marginalized through no fault of their own. And what he's doing uh, in the post is conflating the two. Right? So it's it's really problematic what he's doing here. Uh, he's not differentiating between the two types of groups, right? And we must do that. We have to do that um, because that's the reality of the Gospels, right? That it does draw that distinction. And if we're going to read and interpret and handle the Gospels correctly, then we need to do that too, right? So we uh, when we encounter the Gospels we need to not uh, not engage in this anachronistic fallacy and we need to be really careful about um, a conflation fallacy as well where we're conflating the two separate groups right the two different marginalized groups that is now, Um, I have to believe that the same Jesus who radically included lepers, a religiously excluded group, and broke the law by healing the downtrodden. Now, he says and broke the law, capital law, by healing on the Sabbath. The reality is actually Jesus didn't break the law by healing on the Sabbath. Uh, What he did was go against the pharisaic interpretation of the law which itself was a faulty interpretation of the law was not the correct interpretation of the law jesus didn't uh, go against the law itself he went against their faulty interpretation of the law right the sabbath was always made to meant was always meant to give life it was made to give life and jesus says as much in mark's gospel um was it meant to uh, be a day on which you can save life or take life and of course the answer is save life that was the point all along yet the pharisees had and other religious officials had contorted it in such a way where they could twist it to become a day to take life and even if they're not taking life to become a day about um, not giving life in other words the sabbath is supposed to be life-giving that's what its intent was all along it was made for humanity not the other way around and so Jesus doesn't break the law. This is a huge misconception. By healing anyone, in fact, all he does is break their faulty interpretation of the law. He doesn't break the Sabbath. He does on the Sabbath what the Sabbath was always meant for—something life-giving, right? Um, and then finally, he doesn't describe in this post who the who's excluded by the religious leaders of the day, of today. So is he talking about those uh, who are engaging in sexual immorality? Because if that's the case, that's not the same thing as being a leper or needing a physical healing. right? So that's one group of marginalized people who are marginalized through no fault of their own. And when Jesus encounters them every time in the gospel, well, not every time, but the majority of the time in the gospel, he'll heal them. But when Jesus encounters those who are marginalized because of their sin, he he doesn't offer healing. What he does is call them to repentance first, right? So uh, if anything, we have a categorical fallacy here and a conflation fallacy where where, um, this person's Bringing two different things from two different categories and trying to conflate them into one, and it's a grave mistake. It's a grave mistake in our society today. And also, again, he doesn't actually define who those excluded by the religious leaders of our of today are. So we have actually no real way of knowing whether his statement is right. If it's someone like a leper who's marginalized through no fault of their own, then yeah, we can probably confidently say Jesus would be, uh, be in, in accord with them, right? He would heal them. But if we're talking about someone who's been marginalized because of their sin, that's a completely different story. He would call them to repentance. And then he says Jesus changes everything. Yeah, I, I agree with that um, to a degree. Does he change everything? Not literally. He didn't change the law. He didn't change the law. He fulfilled the law. So at least in that regard, I mean, and that is the thrust of this post. It's inaccurate. Did Jesus change some things? Yeah, I, I agree more with that idea. Did Jesus change a lot of things? Yeah, I agree with that. Did Jesus change everything? Maybe not everything, but, um, he changes a lot of things and he doesn't change the law here. He fulfills it. So quite a few errors going on here, uh, quite a few fallacies, and we need to be able to pick things like this out because this is um, a real sleight of hand. Another fallacy we got going on here by conflating the uh, modern with the ancient and uh, by saying things like Jesus broke the law and broke the Sabbath. No, he didn't. That's Jesus that's faulty interpretation. So a handful of fallacies we got going on here and we need to be able to pick these out um, and explain them and explain why they're faulty and challenge them. So that brings us to the end here for our fallacy of the week. I hope that helps. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.